Turkerton tops the hill, but it's Sutton that's still top of the summit. Hello and welcome back to your British Touring Car Podcast. Uh, we've just had a wonderful weekend up in Knock Hill. Well, we haven't, but the touring cars have had a wonderful weekend up in Knock Hill in Scotland. Um, a good weekend of racing on the whole. Um, probably a little less exciting than some of the events that happened at Alton Park, but it made for better racing. Yeah, a, a largely better driving standards across the board. Um, slightly less incidents across the support packages as well. Um, not as many red flags, which helped in my predictions greatly. Um, and we saw some great racing as well. We saw some fantastic moves across the weekend. And once again, the championship has had its usual shake-up. Yeah, there there have been some drivers that needed good weekends, um, also some, and had them, and then some also drivers that have needed good weekends and not so much had them. Um, but all the action got underway on Saturday for qualifying, and that is what we'll bring you first. Qualifying report. Well, I actually missed qualifying due to dental problems, which was a, a great way to spend my Saturday, having my mouth looked at by a very angry dentist so um sam you're gonna have to do the heavy lifting on this one i'm afraid well luckily enough i got my teeth into it um Very good and carrying on from practice earlier in the day which you managed to catch a little bit of um it was shedden and smiley that had topped the times in fp1 and fp2 uh, but going into the session there was uh, a possibility of maybe a little bit of rain um, but in the end it turned out to be dry all the way through Goodyear had estimated that the pole time this year could possibly dip below the 50 second mark um, and that was because they were using the soft tyres as the uh, pri prime option, as the main, main yeah. tyre this weekend um, with the medium coming as the tyre of most disadvantage really. Um, so with the vehicles moving out onto the track, um, the front wheel drive cars were actually having to do two warm up laps here because of the shortness of the circuit really uh, and also those slightly colder temperatures that we expect up in Scotland um, as cars were sort of like set in the early times it was obviously the rear wheel drives getting up there first of all but the first incident of note actually occurred between Aidan Moffat and Jade Edwards this is something that we never really see in qualifying and I particularly don't want to see happen again um, where it seems as if Moffat was getting held up by Jade in the early part of, I assume, a fast lap of his. And as he's come out of the black circle chicane, he's almost like swerved across to tap Jade door to door to say, like, what are you doing? Why are you holding me up? But I don't want to see that on a circuit. It's difficult, isn't it? Knock Hill is it's a short circuit. It's difficult to get your flying lap in without being uninterrupted. We saw later on the Sunday... Parfit caught a position under a safety car. Um, well, not out of position, but in a position where he couldn't get out of the way due to the rules. Yeah. It's a tough one. You should never hold up a driver on a hot lap, and you can normally tell he's on a hot lap because the lights go on, and that's normally an indication that they are on a hot lap. But it is a very tight circuit. Yeah, it is a very tight circuit, and part, there's a little bit of sucking up you have to do, I'm afraid. You either go around and slightly compromise your lap, or sit behind you can't be then banging doors on the way through that's not not no. cricket um there didn't seem to be any repercussions from this during the session or following it uh, following on uh, from this about six minutes into the session the first proper fast time started coming through with of course that man ash sutton setting the time screens purple in all sectors to go top of the times with food poisoning with food poisoning yes that was not slightly unfortunate for him wasn't it um, obviously trying to maintain or even lengthen his lead in the championship is not something that you want to be driving with uh, it can take quite a lot of energy out of you the first red flag of the qualifying session though came out as a result of Parfit going off the road on the ex exit of the Black Circle chicane with 22 minutes remaining um, it looks as if he'd like clattered the kerb and just slid wide into the gravel I think the red flag was pulled quite quickly because he was actually able to get himself out of the gravel without any other assistance. 
um, which was unfortunate because of how the rules and regulations are. He loses his fastest time up to that point, and he's no longer allowed to take part in the session. You've had issues with this before, haven't you? It's daft in that scenario because, yes. you know, there's no, he's not done it in a tactical way. He's not done it to gain an advantage. He's even got himself out of the gravel jump and going again. There's no mm. reason for me why he can't carry on competing. It's a bit daft for me. Yeah, I think if you, if you need assistance, get out of a gravel out of a gravel trap or out of a wall. Um, then yeah, fair enough. Not taking part in the rest of the session kind of makes sense. I... But when you've made a mistake and you just need that little bit more time to recover, the red flag was taken very quickly I quite like a bit of s housery in qualifying we see it in F1 <laughs> dummies particularly Monaco where yep. did Charles Leclerc lose it at Monaco on purpose this year to mm. guarantee a pole questions 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 I, you know. it certainly didn't work out for him did it no no but, yeah, I, I quite like I think that you know, you're in a sport where any advice you can make work you have to make work so I think it's a little bit harsh to take away the fastest time and then ban them from the rest of the session I think one or the other is fine yeah yeah I agree um, once the red flag had um, come back in it was a very short stoppage uh, it was the BTC racing boys of Cook and Proctor who went straight up into the top three closely followed by Turkington who was the first driver to dip under the 51 second barrier um, midway through the session not much had really happened in the first half there was no like surprise people up in those top 5 top 8 positions they're all the people that you'd expect to be there midway through the session the top 10 were as follows with Turkington, Cook, Sutton Oliphant, Proctor, Butcher, Shedden, Hill Moffat and maybe Chilton's the only surprise but seeing how well the rear wheel drive were going you kind of expect that BMW to be up there Um all of those drivers were covered by 0.3, which we'd mentioned in the preview that it was going to be a close session. Minimal times and minimal time difference there would be between so many drivers. Meanwhile, Ingram was down in 13th, Jelly down in 20th, Plato and Lloyd were line astern as they seem to have been all season in 14th and 15th, and the star driver from last time out, Robottom, was all the way down in 22nd. Now, we, we'd kind of picked him out in the previews, possibly having a weak weekend, and this wasn't a good start. No, although we we sort of earmarked the Hondas <coughs> to struggle, and that kind of didn't work out as we expected either. Just seems right. to be for whatever reason, Robottom struggled to get it together this weekend. Yeah, I, I think across the whole weekend, you'll probably see that the BTC Racing Boys did actually have a little bit more pace than those at Halford's Cataclean. Yeah, probably. There or thereabouts. Uh, I, I was disappointed with Goff in qualifying and and the weekend generally we'll get to yep. the races of course but I thought that we might have a better offing from the uh, team hard boys here didn't really work not particularly um, Morgan was the second driver to bring out the red flags uh, he too went off at the same corner as Parfit however he was uh, a little more exuberant the car had bottomed out coming across the chicane uh, and then buried itself in the gravel uh, so he did need assistance to get out of the gravel trap and with the same rules as before, his fastest time was deleted and he was no longer allowed to take part in the session. I've got a better idea moving forward. Go on then. You're allowed to take part, carry on in the session. Mm. You don't lose your best time. However, you take a free place grid drop for bringing out a red flag. Okay. That could work. Could work. It's To me, this is such a <coughs> harsh reaction that you know, you go into the gravel, you've not caused an accident, you've yeah. not caused... You know anybody else to be involved? You're not ruining anybody else's weekend because of it. Yeah. So you're recovered to the pits. You're allowed to continue. You don't lose your fastest time. But whatever, wherever you finish, you'll then be demoted to further three places. Yeah. I, yeah, it's a possibility with that. Or you lose, I don't know, five or ten championship points. Oh, that might be a that, bit that's harsh. That's a bit harsh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think the grid drops fairer because that way there's no real. Yeah, you can't do it tactically as such. Yeah, and there's no possibility of you still gaining that point for get, getting pole if you're able to carry on. No, so I think that's a fairer way of doing it than completely saying, right, you've lost your fast time, oh, and by the way, you're not allowed back on the track. That, yeah. to me, unless you cause such a horrific accident by being stupid. Yep. But, yeah. Well, the session would get underway again with 11 minutes re remaining, uh, and Robottom was the first driver to improve, only getting him up to himself up to 16th, followed by Proctor in his Civic, going fastest of all with just 7 minutes remaining. Bordley was really struggling for pace out there, um, something which the other two Infinities weren't, and a spin com coming through Duffer's dip did not help his confidence, really. 
Um, Turkington was then able to jump to the top of the times with what was considered a big gap of 0.117 seconds, uh, something which he would hold until the end of the session. Uh, going into the last few minutes, though, it was strange to see some of the drivers like Shedden and Smiley in the pits, maybe making minor tweaks before the final flying lap. Um, while out on track, though, both Cook and Goff managed to run it all the way through the gravel and not cause a red flag, which is, I don't know, another argument to add to the yep. stopping of the session and losing your time and such. Um, but with hardly any drivers improving into the final stages, um, with others going back to the pits, it was down to Chris Smiley who actually Im- improved impressively right at the end to go third on the grid. Um, but as the flag dropped, the top ten would finish as follows. Turkington from Proctor, uh, followed by Smiley and Cook. Hill, and then championship leader Sutton, with his teammate Moffitt just behind him. Homeboy Butcher, followed by Ingram, and then Oliphant. And important to note that the 50-second barrier was not broken, nope, as not predicted. E- not even the track record, I don't think, was... Qualifying record was broken. No, the qualifying record stood at... Four tenths. Yep, 50.451 by Rory Butcher in 2019. Colin's time was 50.836, so four tenths off. Yeah, uh, I just wonder whether that was down to maybe colder temperatures, um, not being able to warm the tyres up quite as they would like and, and get that extra grip. Plus, we'd had a little bit of rain in the morning, so maybe the track was not as rubbered in as they would like it. Butcher in 19 would have set that in... Vo- no, yeah, Honda. Hon- the Civic. The Civic, yeah. yeah. That was independent title, yeah. wasn't it? So, and probably... An FK2 Civic still being that fast. I can't remember how much weight he'd have had on board as well, which would, of course, played a factor. Although Colin would have had minimal weight on board, to be yes, fair. But yes. anyway, I digress. Anyway, we'll get on to race one now. Race one. So as Sam said there, Colin had done all he could to resurrect his championship chances by taking the front row on the grid. Something that I had called, by the way. Yeah. Just pointing that out. You weren't weren't powerful enough to make an actual prediction, though, were you? So pipe pipe on down. No. Uh, Cook and Smiley would, of course, have their sights on the top step of the podium. And Moffat and Sutton were behind, but they did start on the medium tyre, which would turn out to be quite a good choice as the day wore on for them both. Yeah, you you don't like the the fact that these no. tyres have been brought back in, do you? Can't um, stand it. But I do think, especially at Knock Hill, where they've changed it from the medium being the one that's obviously the slower and the, and the one that is putting you at more of a disadvantage. Um, I want to see fast cars racing fast. I don't want to see weekends ruined by picking the wrong tyre in race one, getting involved in contact that's not your fault, and then having the... Also, picking the fast tyre in race one, getting in contact with somebody that's not your fault, and then having to spend the rest of the weekend on the poorer tyre working your way back through the field. I don't like it. Okay. I think if you want to mix things up, let's go back to the good old days, have a little sticker on the window that has to be ripped off as they come through a pit. I'd rather that than messing about with tyres, personally, and have a little bit of pit stop strategy involved. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I, I, I don't like the tyres at all. Sorry, I brought that up. <laughs> well, you've got to remember the weights as well. It, yes. It's just for me, it's overkill. You know, I know you want a, a you want a field that's as close and competitive as possible, and the tyre is a bit of a joker in the pack that throws it in. However, people, I don't think it's too strong a point to say people can lose or indeed win a championship based on this. If you get the wrong tyre and get caught up in contact, it's not your fault. Alar. Uh, elephant yeah. later on in this race but it's the luck of the draw isn't it I'd, I'd rather see the fastest and most competitive driver win rather than it be on tyres yep ok then Karen, anyway, race one Colin knew he needed a good weekend um, and he got off to the best possible start by blasting the rear wheel drive BMW off of the line uh, Proctor slotted in behind second nailing a start this time after his problems at Alton Park got this yeah. one right he has said that he's been practising it, it certainly had paid off here uh, Ingram lined up and completed the move on Butcher at turn one Butcher who you would expect to be a little bit more aggressive and knowledgeable on the turning place or passing places here caught out a little bit by the high end eye. yep the first lap was oddly civilised with little to no contact. Uh, Smiley, who had, must be having a nosebleed qualifying that highly, uh, was looking for a way past Proctor, but to no avail. And Shedden made a nice move on Jelly to climb up a pra- place. Proctor was incredibly slow, however, in comparison to Colin Turkington, and was the cork in the bottle, which led to a battle pack forming. Um, and as usual, the PMR cars 
were stuck together trying to make progress through the field. I'm fairly sure there's magnets in those cars. Yeah, yeah, so am I. But to see Turkington at the front, certainly by the end of the race, you needed binoculars. Yeah, I mean, he'd already pulled out a ridiculous gap by the, by the end of Duffer's dip. <laughs> exactly. The the starts that they get, in, I think what also helps a knock hill is that pole position is slightly on the downhill. Yeah. It's just after the crest of the hill. So with a rear-wheel drive car, he's just going to get a flying star, which is what he did. Although, to be fair to Prop, to say he did nail his star. Yes, he, yes could he and, did. You know, slotted in well. Uh, Sutton began to put the pressure on Jake Hill, but as is the new improved Jake Hill, Hill 2.0, if you will, uh, he defended very, very well indeed. We then had our first incident of the weekend. Lloyd flying the tyre barrier at the chicane due to St. Breaking on the Vauxhall. Um, likely to be a front wheel issue. Uh, this would bring out the safety car, but not before Shannon had got past Butcher. Yeah, first safety car of the weekend. You were cheering at that, weren't you? As was. part of your predictions. Once I'd seen Lloyd get out of the car. Yes, yes. Um, it was a rather unusual incident. He just sort of like exit stage left, wasn't it? At a really um, weird angle as well. Yeah, um, which is almost akin to something breaking on the car. There didn't seem to be anyone that close to him. No, it, um, they've confirmed that it was a. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a, a wheel issue. Um, we saw some weird. We've seen some weird breaks over the last couple of races, haven't we? We're not. I mean, it's yeah. part of motorsport, of course, but some sort of random, weird things going on. Um, we would see an incident with Josh Cook in race three, and have a weird thing, and a Genetta's prop shaft failing on the way to the grid. Just and also, we had Bordley's brake failure in race three at Alton, didn't oh, we? Yeah. So, yeah. some strange goings on. Um, this, I don't like to mess about with the Clarks or the Marshals, but this was a farce getting Lloyd out of the gravel, wasn't it? He was starting himself, then he wasn't, then he was. It was in and out of the car like a Benny Hill sketch. It was. I'm not sure whether he knew what was wrong, and I don't think the Marshals knew what what was wrong either, because um, it looked as if they pulled him out of the gravel and they were like, okay, send you back to the pits on your own now. Um, but I think once they almost tried that, they realised that something was properly broken, um, and then they pulled the car off to the side. But, you know, it was helmet on, helmet off, in, out, in, out, shake it all about, and it, be- because of that, it was a quite a long safety car period. Yeah. When it probably didn't need to be. I know, you know, it's very easy to sit here in our armchairs and, you know, in our nice warm uh, place drinking iron brew and having a having a go at them. But there's a couple of incidents throughout the weekend. Where it just seemed there's one in the Genettas as well, where sorry the Porsches, sorry, where it just seemed odd some of the safety car recovery. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, we hadn't even seen the car that had come well, off. No, that's had what, we? exactly. <laughs> it, took like, it took like six laps behind the safety car to realise there was never car stricken in the Porsches. Yep. So some slightly strange calls. However, when the lights went out, uh, Turkson picked up where he left off, basically blasting clear. Switched the Noz bottle on and he was already gone, wasn't he? Absolutely. Shedden started to fill Ingram's wing mirrors looking for a way through. uh, And then Oliphant and Butcher's squabbling began. Uh, Initially, quite, you know, good nature between the pair of them. Oliphant stuck by Butcher, but Butcher would then take the place back through a very ballsy move, but fair move through Duffers and then completing through at Leslie's. Uh, Shedden then went through what I think was the only outside overtake that worked all weekend at the hairpin. Brilliant move, wasn't it? Sublime move on Ingram, wasn't it? All all the other moves that we saw across the weekend, whether it was down the inside of the hairpin or around the outside of the hairpin, people just seemed to be getting squeezed out or not having enough momentum to get the drive out the corner. Yeah. And this seemed to be the only one where Shedden made it stick. And around the outside as well, and I believe clipping a wheel in the gravel as well where Ingram tried to squeeze him. Yeah. Incredible move. A little bit of local knowledge going a long way, I should imagine. Uh, although it is also fair to say Ingram was particularly slow in race one, wasn't he? No pace whatsoever yeah. in that it's car. Seems to struggle a bit with the weight in that car. It's all those pasties. Uh, ahead, ahead, Cook went for a late move on Smiley, but he couldn't get it stopped at the hairpin, as you know discussed a minute ago. Uh, so Smiley did keep the place, and then Oliphant uh, made a late, a brilliant late break move actually on Butcher at the hairpin, which yeah. swept through on the inside, took a place. Um, yep. That was very much the passing place all weekend, wasn't it, down at the hairpin? Yeah, there were a couple of other overtakes, some questionable ones tried into the first corner where you have to have full commitment, um, and some others that didn't quite come off, which we'll get to. Um, and then also, that early part of the circuit is very much... A single file almost um, yep. and you have to get a good run out either out onto the back straight to get alongside or as we said out on the hairpin uh, Sutton had now closed up to the back of Hill and was 
absolutely weaving from left to right to try and find a way past. And would then make a move stick through Clark, a typical certain move, just basically unnerve you until you make a mistake and leave the door open, which and get superb drive off of any corner on the track. Absolutely. Uh, this then allowed him to close into uh, the Cook and Smiley battle. Cook still haven't got past the Honda at this point, and I'm sure Ash could smell a podium from where he was. Yeah, um, certainly could. Perhaps it's the hurry-up Cook needed, because Cook would then prize open the door on Smiley, um, but this did allow Sutton to follow through particularly easily at the hairpin. Um, a little bit further behind, Oliphant slid off the track after a big contact with Butcher. Butcher was later reprimanded. A poor move, isn't it? It's just for someone who knows the track so well and understands that a rear wheel drive car will act differently to a front wheel drive car when tapped on the rear. Yes, it was silly. Completely silly. Unavoidable. Yep. And <sighs> ruined Oliphant's race and put him right down to the back because he went off on the grass, then had to go into the pits to get the radiator cleared out yep. and stuck him at the back for race two. And when we did our top tens a couple of weeks ago of the top drivers neither have butcher in the list and i think th these are the instances as to why there's yes. there's too many there's and too many and it wasn't his only one of the weekend no no i'd agree which with that. we'll get on to later uh, as you say oliver had to pit jackson also had to pit with some trouble um and taylor smith seemed to have issue with his cooper it went very slow all of a sudden for has no, no power at all just seemed to die <laughs> yeah uh moffat struggled to get past hill uh, whilst a bit further up the road Smiley's Honda was beginning to fade uh, and Hill was looking for a way past two uh, by this point Turkton was some four seconds ahead of the rest of the field perhaps the biggest <laughs> winning margin all season I think um, and as the race wore on Ingram just started to tumble down the order with the weight just and tyre again yeah just struggling to working. keep people at bay um, I can't remember what tyre he, he was on in that opening race um, but yeah, he just wanted to shed the weight as quickly as possible. Uh, the Jack Sears contenders have smelt Oz on board. They're all battling for places, which is nice to see, an often forgotten competition. But it was Colin Turkerton who took all the points on off and claiming WSR's 100th win in the process. Uh, Proctor held second and Cook made it a double BTC podium, keeping Sutton behind. Quick question. WSR's yes. first win came in a... Ford Mondeo, which I didn't realise until I saw the picture when they put it up. I believe it was Chris Hoy as well. Though. That would make sense. But I could be wrong on that point. A long time ago. Yes, 100 wins. Well, 99 wins ago. Mm. Uh, nearly the same as Jason Plato. Yes, he's only one, <laughs> one win behind. Uh, so the top 15 from race one was Turkton from Proctor from Cook, Major Podium, Sutton, Smiley, Hill, Moffat, Shedden, Butcher, <coughs> Ingram. With Jelly, Chilton, who'd made good progress throughout the race, Morgan, Plato, and Robottom rounding out the top 15. Yeah, Robottom just nicking a point. Um, kind of needed to after a poor qualifying. Plato very much went under the radar, didn't he? Um, and the two car gods with Sicily boys just were there or thereabouts after an okay qualifying session. It was an okay race them as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Decent progress. I mean, you know, the race wasn't that exciting, really. You know, Turkton flew off into the distance. Yep. A little bit of battling in the midfield and, yeah. Yeah. Fairly standard Fairly race. Standard. Yep. We'll move on to race two then. Race two. Well, heading into race two now, and obviously the top ten would have the ballast added for the representative places that they finished. Um, and in that group, um, only two of them would start on the medium slubber tyre with Cook and Smiley. And also Oliphant right at the back, which was a strange choice for me. Mm, makes sense for me. Um, you'd want to try and get through the field as quickly as possible, in, in my mind, and yeah, that would be much easier on the softer tyre. But if you made your way through the field, got to 12th, then had to have reverse grid and start on the medium. Yeah. As try we saw try and hold three. it off. <laughs> well, we saw in race three, some drivers on the medium start slightly high and not work. So I can understand it. Got, he's got no weight on board at this point either. Yep. A chance to try and get through the th field in a car that should be performing well. So, yeah. But again, it goes back to my point about the tyres, isn't it? I mean, no, no, you, you, you're grinning. And I'm about to serve another preachy moment. But, you know, he's been taken off with no fault of his own. So, uh, in race one, and now he's got to start at the back of the field, and he's got a nightmare decision to make. A, an idea that you'd come up with a little while ago was to take the fastest lap times from race one 
to set the grid for race two, wasn't it? Because yeah. even if you have a bad race one, maybe you have to go into the pits for some damage or something like that, you can still get back out on track and set the fastest lap to try and get your weekend back on track. I think that's a better way of doing it, personally. Yeah. Because I say, you know, I know it's motorsport, I know it's the jeopardy, but you know, you've got something like Oliphant there who, not for the first time this year, or indeed in his racing career, has been caught up in an incident that is in no way his fault. I mean, last time out... <laughs> Oh, park. Mm. I know it was more of a 50-50 but caught up in an instant destroyed the car okay he wasn't able to get out for race 2 but race 3 he started from the back and made progress yeah I mean you know you've got I, I just think it'd be more exciting to have a fastest lap race for race 2 yep because yeah. you're always going to have the, the jeopardy of having a heavier man or woman um, starting not necessarily on pole but you know if Turks in race one I don't know you know, where he was in the fastest lap time he probably did take fastest lap actually because he was flying in race yes, one but yes he was <laughs> but he could start down in sick for example with full weight on board full weight a bit yep. more exciting scrap the tyre that's more exciting for me ok then Sorry. well Smiley's tyre choice would become irrelevant however <laughs> yes, as would. he pretty much stalled on the grid uh, with all other drivers behind him having to take avoiding action there were a couple casualties of this however Smelt took avoidance onto the grass, wiping out a sponsor board, and that got wrapped across the front of his car, while on the other side, pit, pit wall side, uh, drivers were checking up, and Oliphant was unfortunate to clip the rear of Hamilton, putting him directly into the pit wall. Unfortunate or a bit foolish? Well, from the reverse camera, um, Oliphant was fully on the brakes before mm. other people around him and could almost see what was happening um, and I think it is just a concertina of cars looking at where Smiley is and not obviously not being able to look on the other side and moving across at the same time I think it's just an unfortunate consequence of Smiley being slow off the grid yep, fair enough. Um, so yeah that, that unfortunately uh, brought out the safety car for the second time of the weekend um, thankfully Nick was unhurt though and managed to jump out of the car um, took a little bit of recovery though because on the pit straight it was a bit difficult to get to him yes yeah, wasn't yeah. It? Um, further around the first lap however they were still racing up to the safety car boards with instance for Adam Morgan spinning out the exit of the chicane and also Robottom having a spin through the gravel between the chicane and the next right hander I do have a quick question about the recovery process yes can they close the pits like they're doing F1? Because the obvious answer would have been to pick him up and then go down the hill, turn around and go in the wrong way of the pit and take him in that way. It's... Because obviously F1, you can close the pit lane and say, right, you're not coming in. We saw that with Lewis at Monza and if you do, you get a big penalty because that's... Well, yeah. When you have a live track, it is very frowned upon to have a vehicle of any type go in the wrong direction. Yes, but even the way up the pits. Even be it in the pits or on circuit, because you need, to, especially with Knock Hill being a very small, tight circuit, trying to time that could be a nightmare. Yeah, I understand. Um, that. When a red flag is flown and you have vehicles out on track, then that is fine. There is no other real danger about it. But from a marshalling and safety point of view, having a, a vehicle go in the wrong direction is fairly frowned upon that's fair enough it's just a little bit frustrating for the spectator I suspect that yes. it's right next to the place it needs to be yep. and it took a fair while to yeah. recover um, it's not stuck on you know a couple of miles away from the pit lane it mm. is I mean, you could pick it up and pop it over the wall but again uh, that's frowned upon obviously <laughs> yes yeah. um, during the safety car period uh, Robottom had to come into the pits to have his uh, front grill cleared out of the gravel that he'd managed to scoop up with going off on that first lap um, however his antics mm. while catching the trainer cars um, could come under investigation because as he was pushing to get caught up he also went through the same gravel trap that he'd already been through probably yeah. putting more gravel in his radiator um, and with the circuit being under a full caution you shouldn't be pushing that hard it's poor I think that's the, I think that's all you can say um, perhaps lucky to get away with it because the penalties for the uh, for the weekend have been handed out and he hasn't got one for that incident no nope. yeah yeah you you've got every right to catch up the train of cars but you know the whole point is it's under safety car they're not going that fast you don't need to be on a on the ragged edge yeah, yeah there there may well be marshals out on other parts of the track that are maybe picking up a piece of debris as we'd seen Morgan and him had spun at the same point on the track where he'd gone off yeah so there could have been marshals out on track um I don't particularly like that 
as as driving. Um, no, I don't and agree. I think that in F1 that they have a, a delta delta to stick to. Obviously, that may be a little more difficult to implement in BTC with not having all these digital dashes and stuff like that. Um, but I do think there needs to be something taken into account with that. Yeah, I mean the thing is, you say it's a slow. The safety car is slow because that's the whole point of the safety car. You're yep. gonna. It's a short track. You're gonna catch up. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're in the pits because you made a mistake anyway. So yeah, yeah. For me, I'm, I'm with you on that. One. It's something you don't want to see. Well, upon the restart of the race, there were several drivers who would dip wheels into the gravel, was trying to get back up to speed. Uh, Shedden was one of these, obviously pushing it to the ragged edge and being on slightly cold tyres. But him and Hill were the drivers to start making the important moves, getting past Ingram and Proctor respectively. Meanwhile, Sutton was sending a late move on Cook into the hairpin, perfectly cutting him off on exit to secure the position to then try and race after Turkington. Um, That was a lovely move, wasn't it? Peak Ash Sutton, isn't it? Yes. Peak Ash Sutton. A battle pack was starting to form at the back end of the top 10 involving Chilton, something that he hasn't been in all season, along with Butcher, Ingram, Moffat and Jelly, uh, with Moffat actually forcing Chilton wide at one point through the gravel trap, whereas just behind Butcher was also slipped past by Ingram as they tried to go side by side through the chicane. Um, that was an interesting camera view, wasn't it? To have yeah. like almost four drivers in the vicinity of like four metres. Um, trying to go side by side with each other through a part of the circuit that you shouldn't really be side by side. No, they got away of it really, didn't they? I think all, it's all but say. Chilton. All he but Chilton. Um, he slipped down the order. But up front, Sutton was setting consecutive fastest laps in pursuit of Turkington, taking nearly three tenths lap out of him. It was ridiculous how quickly that gap was shortening. It was it was like Snetterton, wasn't it? It's was like every corner yep. was another sort of fifty meters gained. It was just it was visual madness. difference yep. from corner to corner. Uh, towards the back of the field, drivers who had early issues were making slow progress, such as Morgan, Robottom and Oliphant. Sutton had managed to drag up to the back of Turkington by this point and try to move around the outside of the hairpin, but Colin would push him wide on exit, gapping Sutton once again. A, a classic um, move from the driver in front is that you just push him wide, you either get out of it or you try and stick to it, and Sutton tried to stick to it and and got nudged out. Yeah, slightly surprised that Sutton thought that was going to work, to be honest, because yeah. it's you're not racing with respect a lesser driver, you're racing one of the best. You know, Colin knows how to defend. He, he said well, after the race that he enjoyed the battle with him. Oh, right? yeah, absolutely. You know, I just don't think, I just don't know what he thought the best could happen through there was. You know, Turkson's going to run you wide, it's as simple as that. And he's in time to do, to do so, by the way. Yeah, yeah. The uh, battling pack at the bottom of the top 10 would then come into the hairpin three wide with Moffitt, Ingram, and Butcher all trying to um, gain positions. Butcher would then cut back on Ingram and out drag him down to turn one. However, Ingram was then back on the assault with trying to challenge Butcher through McIntyre's and actually tipped Butcher sideways through Butcher's, which was, I thought, fairly, fairly ironic. Um, and he somehow managed to hold it. Yeah, good save by Butcher in that instant. Yeah, good save. Uh, however, that wouldn't be the last of it, Butcher's instance for the race, as coming down to turn one a couple of laps later, he would ma- manage to outdrag Moffat this time. However, he would then move over on Moffat and get turned across the front of his car and send him straight to the scene of an accident, um, ending up in the gravel in the wall, bringing out the third safety car of the weekend. Ding, ding, ding. Which you were very pleased about. Once, and Butcher was out the car very quickly, slamming yes. the door. However, you know, I think it's his Moffat's fault. I mean, Moffat is on... Sorry, uh, Butcher's fault. Sorry, Moffat is sorry. on the outside. He's got to turn. Otherwise, he's going straight off into the gravel. He has to turn the car. Interestingly, this, this sort of like comes down to the racing lines that they were using this mm. weekend. Um, with the exit of the pit lane at Knockhill, it comes straight out onto the racing line. And in fact, drivers use that exit of pit lane to just get a little bit of extra angle, less than the angle, turning into turn one. And I think Butcher had cut back or come back into line where the grass was, but Moffat was still alongside trying to come out of that pit exit line. Um, so yeah, I, I think this is very much down to Butcher's, Moffat, Butcher's fault. Moffat can't. Moffat's got an option here: either turn and hit Butcher or straight line the sh- corner. Yeah, he, and end he can't barrier. disappear, can he? No, he can't just slam on the brakes either. And no. no, so yeah, for me, it, it's a Butcher uh, problem. 
rinse and repeat for race one to why he's not in the top ten. Yeah, uh, as we said, another safety car was thrown, and with just three laps left, the safety car came in, and Butcher's car would be covered under yellow flags, something which neither of us liked, because it was certainly in the firing line if something like that would happen again. Uh, just another bizarre decision, you know. Obviously, I know you had to recover Nick. That's uh, undeniable. I'd argue this was in a more dangerous position than Lloyd's car initially was. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, odd, odd to do that under yellows. On the restart of the race, um, Parfit was had found himself between Sutton and Hill, having had a little off just before the safety car had come into the pits and was in the progress of being lapped. Yeah, this is a ridiculous rule. By the way, yeah, that that you can't you can't overtake under safety car, and that includes you can't overtake lapped cars under safety car, which is a ridiculous rule. Yeah, and that's something that they tried to clear up in F1. But do you try and clear that driver? Do you let him just fall all the way back, or do you let him clear in front and catch up? It's a difficult one to balance, but certainly I don't think he should be in in the group that he's going to be vying for possibly the race win. And worth, it's worthwhile pointing out as well that Parfum's done nothing wrong because it's the rules. Not at all. You know, the rules are the rules. You know, they're not allowed to overtake on the safety car unless the car's got a problem. You know, so it, it's not even a case that Parfit can pull to the sides of the road and let them all pass because yeah. then everyone would be committing a, a, a foul effectively. Yeah. It's just a, the law's an ass and this is a good case of it. Yeah. And effectively, this could have cost Hill second place. Uh, I think it did cost Hill second place. Yes. Um, that meant that the top two were able to just pull away on the restart and in fact Hill and the rest of the drivers behind Parfit couldn't actually get through until almost the back straight because of how single file it was through the first couple of corners on to the final lap though and Turkington and Sutton were still bumper to bumper and it was just down to a small mistake from Colin running wide on the exit of the chicane for Sutton to take the lead and the race win now as we said if Hill would have been closer then I think he could have quite easily have uh, profited from this mistake by Turkington because of how close the cars were bunched. Well, come to the, at the hairpin, Hill was in Ricardo late break lunge territory. Yes. Whereas if he was able to race with them properly, he would have probably got past Colin before he rejoined the circuit, or yep. at least be alongside him for the, the inside line for the, uh, the hairpin. Laws and ass, and I think it's, it's cost Jake Hill. What's interesting is that I can't remember. Colin making these kind of mistakes with any other driver. Sutton does really seem to unsettle him. Yeah, it's, it's an uncharacteristic mm. mistake, and I think it's just maybe that pushing that little too hard. Uh, there certainly wasn't any contact no. from Sutton behind. It was a, a completely honest mistake from Turkington. Um, but yeah, it cost him the win. He does um, seem to have his number a bit, though, Sutton. He does seem to be able to force his. I mean, it's not surprising because I, I think it's been picked up in commentary. I've never seen a car run closer bumper to bumper than Ash manages mm. you can get a cigarettes paper in there yep you know it pushes people around um, the top 15 though finished as follows with Sutton taking the win from Turkington and Hill and podium Cook um, managed to finish 4th in the end on that medium tyre with Shedden 5th followed by Ingram Proctor Plato Jelly Bordley with his best result of the season in 10th Moffat slipped down to 11th but was still respectable Goff had had his um Best result of the weekend, and it didn't get much better than that in 12th. Uh, Smiley, after his issue at the start, managed to recover to 13th. A brilliant showing from Boutel to get 14th. Yeah, fair play. Um, and Taylor Smith took the final points position in 15th. Um, entertaining race. Fair amount of action. Yep. Um, you were very ha- happy to pick up your safety car prediction. I was. Um, and it also meant that you were in... In line for one of your other predictions of the Scots not scoring 15 points. One, one of the of Scots, the Scots yeah. not scoring 15 points. Yeah. But yeah, we'll move on to the final race of the day now. Race 2. Ash had the honour of picking the ball for the reverse grid race and it was ball number 9 that came out, meaning that Stephen Jelly would start on pole with a good chance for him to continue what has been a decent 2021 season for him. However, alongside him was Knock Hill's most successful driver, who has taken, I believe it was 10 wins here before, Jason Plato, who would have his heart set on his 100th victory in the sport. However, that was. If it weren't be, for the tyres. I was going to say, that was going to be compromised slightly by being on the medium tyre. Uh, Tom Ingram would be starting fourth and on the soft tyre, so this is the ideal chance for him to resurrect his championship hopes. 
The lights went out for the final time north of the border and Jelly, as suspected, got a good start. Jason slotting in behind and Ingram taking third off the line. Uh, further back, Cook had an issue with a suspected fuel uh, line problem and a few other cars, including Goff, were held up in trying to avoid the stricken BTC Honda. Um, it was trying to pull off to the side of the road. And Just couldn't get out of the way. It's the first lap, it's the melee, it's unfortunate. Um, Having started in the top half of the grid and you've got so many drivers behind him, there's just nowhere to go. No. This scrambled a safety car, so just to rub salt into the wounds. Uh, Jelly would lead what was opposed to a very quick safety car, actually, and managing to fend off Plato with Ingram desperate to close the gap. Uh, the top two, both on the mediums, were seemingly struggling uh, for pace. Shedden tried to find a way past Hill, but once again, Hill and his defensive driving uh, won out, despite a few little taps from Shedden just to let him know in no uncertain terms that the Honda was trying to find its way through. Uh, at the hairpin, Ingram tried a move on Plato, but oddly couldn't out-drag Plato's Vauxhall up the hill, which was, that was a slight surprise, that move not coming off. Yeah, I don't, Ingram, I think, went on to say after the race that he was struggling with um, a, a gearbox issue, um, and that he was having to try and just balance putting the gears in because of the, I think the synchro was slightly out. Um, yeah. And so maybe that accounted for his lack of straight line pace. Quite possibly. Uh, Smiley was flying further down the order. He seemingly had pace from absolutely nowhere this weekend. He's been so quick this weekend. Crazily quick, yeah, absolutely. And once again, Sutton and Turkton found themselves running together. Uh, Plato was keeping the pace with Jelly, but couldn't find an easy way past the BMW. Uh, then a mistake came from Jason Plato, locking up into the hairpin, which gave Ingram the chance he needed, and with a little bit of hip and shoulder, he found his way through. And then Plato looked left, looked right, and suddenly he was out of a championship fight, out of the uh, winning fight. Uh, it's that classic move of once one person shuffles past you, the rest of the line behind you are coming through as well. Um, and it kind of showed how much pace that car was lacking this weekend. Yep. Pass filed Proctor, Hill and Shedden. Uh, and further back, Turkson was also tumbling down the order, losing places to Sutton, Smiley, Moffat and Bordley in quick succession, although Colin was able to get back past the Bordley's infinity. Uh, ahead, Ingram had started the chase on Jelly as a few spots of rain began to fall. Uh, Sutton then prized the door open at the hairpin but wasn't able to sneak by Plato's slower voxel. However, a lap later, Sutton tried the exact same move and managed to complete it into turn one. Uh, Smiley was then next to pick Plato's pocket into the hairpin before Moffat simply just drove round him. Which <laughs> <laughs> was quite, yeah, was ridiculous, wasn't that? That was pretty much. Here's the salt. Where's the wound? I'm just yeah. going to drive round you. That, yeah, that that car needs some improvement for next season if they're wanting to keep an Astra. I don't think they will keep the Astra. No, no. Uh, up front, Jenny was on the defensive again, driving well to keep Ingram in check. Uh, and Turkton had managed to get past Plato a little bit further back. We then saw, for me, what was move of the season by uh, Ingram with a perfect inch, perfect uh, late move into the hairpin for the lead. Jelly was a bit dismissive in his interview afterwards, suggesting some robust racing was going on. For me, this was perfectly clean, perfectly fair. It was a brilliant block pass, wasn't it? Yeah. It's that, that classic slide it up the inside, but make sure that the driver who you're overtaking can't then get the cut back or the drive out of the corner. And I think it was just perfectly timed. Yes, there was some door-to-door contact. Minimal. But it's kind of what you expect with a pass in the touring cars. The space was there. He didn't force him off the line. He just, as you say, plonked his car on the apex. It was a really late move as well. Didn't see it coming. No. Uh, Yeah. Just, it's a great move. Don't be salty. It is what it is. Yeah. You've, you've been done. Move on. Uh, Proctor would also get past Jelly to take second place. Proctor, uh, on the worse attire, the medium, doing very well. And actually... Bloody quick. Since he's come back... He? Since he's come back, snatched to the side where he was getting up to speed with the car, etc. He's been a revelation in that car. It's ridiculous how much speed he's had in that car. I think you mentioned that when he finished this weekend, he was 70-odd points off of the... Off the tight, off the top of the table. Yep. Uh, considering he wasn't at the first weekend, and he was sort of like getting used to that car in the, the first the first round. Yeah. yeah. So to to have bought in that amount of form and be able to continue it, he's kind of showing Cook up at the moment. 
yeah, because there's consistency. He's not caught up in problems. Um, yeah, it's just been. I, I didn't expect. I think when Proctor announced, we thought, kind of thought, okay, safe pair of hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's certainly at the minute. I know Spider's had a great weekend, but he's certainly at the minute going to be posing some questions to Trey Price, Hyundai, as to whether they kept the right driver. Yeah. Although, in fairness, you know, some drivers just work with some cars, and it seems to be that Proctor has found a car here that he's just at home with for whatever reason. Whereas Chilton doesn't work with any car. Not anymore. Carry on. Not anymore, <laughs> it seems. Uh, Jay now had the unenviable task of keeping local man Shedden off the podium, um, and Sutton was very much in the mix just behind. Hill and Smiley came together. Hill taken to the grass. Um, for me, Hill's fault for not conceding the corner. Again, avoidable. And the skirmish through the grass meant that Hill would have the problem, have the task of keeping Turkins behind him, but not for long because he'd soon fire into the pits of a possible brake fire. Uh, Bordley and Oliver battled as well. Uh, Bordley taken an absolute peach of a move through the chicane. He's yeah. improved a lot. A good weekend for Bordley. Show he's got some good fight and good racecraft within him. As you say, certain cars suit certain people, and I think this Infinity is is looking much more to his liking rather than the BMW Infinity. Uh, uh Ingram took the checkered flag, uh, taking career win number nineteen and reigniting his championship chances. A big shout out to Proctor holding on to second with the less favourable tyre, and fair play to Jelly holding off you know multiple championship winners behind him to take the third spot on the podium. Thankfully, because he bought through one of my predictions as well. <laughs> he did indeed. So the results for race number three: Ingram from Proctor from Jelly, Shedden Sutton, Smiley Moffat, Turks and Plato, Robottom Bordley, Taylor Smith, Morgan Oliphant, and Jackson. Yeah, it was uh, a fairly good race three. Um, had some great moves in it and some good, exciting racing. Kind of everything that you want from a race three without the big accident that you normally have. Um, but yeah, we'll get on to some uh, driver grades now. Um, have a look at our predictions from the weekend um, and just clear everything up. So moving on to the driver grades, and beginning with Colin Turton, it's got to be an A, hasn't it? Yeah, um, topping qualifying by a significant distance considering the track, um, taking the race win, unlucky not to get it in race two due to a little mistake, um, but a weekend that was needed for him. Scored the most points this weekend. Yep. So, yeah, got to be an A. Oliphant, we've gone for a C, <laughs> a difficult weekend, didn't qualify, well, qualified top ten, you yeah. know. Yeah, just the problem is Jelly did better than him. Yeah, which doesn't help. Yeah, for this weekend. The um, problem is, you and he's only scored two points. Yes, he was caught up in the instant with Butcher in race one, um, and had to try and recover. There's no argument that he's caught up in these positions because of where he is. Yeah. Yeah, it's difficult because not everybody can be at the top, obviously, but he does seem to be caught up in these instants more than most. I think it's fair to say, uh, and a lot of time not his fault. But no. Uh, Jelly, uh, B for him this weekend. 28 points. Um, yeah. yeah, solid weekend. Finished 11th, 9th and then 3rd. Can't really ask for too much more. I'd also say his racecraft and driving has just been very good this year. He's not been involved in any silly instance. He's not locked under Jelly and lost it on his own in a gravel pit. He's liking a more modern car, I think. And possibly of the support network around him as yes. well. Uh, Aidan Moffat, we've gone for a B... Weekend, what could have been perhaps, which we say a lot to be fair, but raced solidly, raced fairly. There's pace, and I think he's finally starting to get to grips with the Infinity now and loving the uh, pre race ritual he was doing as well. Oh, yeah, the the track visualization that Tim Harvey took us through about three times over the weekend. Although, to be fair to Tim, that last one where he actually went through the corners, yeah, and got it absolutely bang on was very impressive indeed yeah and he was also saying that when he visualizes that if you time it it's probably very close to what a lap time would be as well yeah which is impressive yeah so yeah B for Moffat needs to start collecting a few more top sixes some podiums podiums would be nice for him but it's difficult when the next man Ash Sutton is in the team because you're always going to be comparing yourself to him only a B Corley was pretty good in the circumstances took a win didn't take another podium though. I think, I think we're seeing a slightly revised Ash Sutton this year because I think last year he'd have gone hell for leather on race two to get that podium and didn't. Race two, he got the win. 
Sorry. You race, mean race three? Race three, I yeah. do. Yes, I do. And uh, race one. Yes, um, but having only conceded three points to Turkington this weekend, I think he can be very happy with that. And I think he's taken that as a new stance now. He's very happy just to outscore his rivals where he can yeah. and cut the deficit where he can't. Um, and we saw that in race one by not making a silly move to try and get the podium place. I remember the ridiculous incident at Croft last year on Jake Hill. <laughs> so if he keeps doing that, look, you're not going to win a championship if you, if you can only take three points out of him. You're not going to win a championship that way. No. Nope. So, yeah. Uh, Bordley, got to be a B for him as well. Good weekend. Highest points finished for him so far. I was going to say, again, best result of the season. Um, a little disappointing in race one, but that was helped by poor qualifying. I think the only gripe this weekend is that he's not grabbed the advantage on, on winning the Jack Sears. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Robot must still come out as a top Jack Sears driver this weekend. Yeah. Got to grab the initiative when you can. Uh, Gordon Shedden, gone for a B. Good weekend, good racing, fairly clean in comparison to some of his other attempts this season. Well outscored Robottom as well. Yeah, getting grips of it all now. Yeah. Robottom, gone for a C. I think that's a little bit kind. I could see a D, really. Yeah, he picked up good positions in race three, going from 18th to 10th, um, but and picked up four positions in race one from qualifying. Uh, but, yeah, it was a slow weekend for him. Uh, Cook, gone for a B. Race one and two, excellent. Race three, same old story, albeit not his fault. But, yeah, you know. A it's great, unfortunate. Bit a, of reliability. A great chance to maximise a great weekend, taken away from him as is happening all too often really yeah uh edwards we've gone for a c yeah it didn't happen for this weekend did it no she made progress in the races throughout the weekend um but she was never really i don't know not even picked up on camera battling people um and we kind of want to see a bit more of that from her uh hills just scraped himself a b uh good race one and two foolish in race three yeah, that that's his own mistake in race three. Yeah, um, and it could have been such a good weekend for him, having qualified fifth, finished sixth, and then on the podium, it could have been probably another top six finish. Yeah, if he wants to compete for a championship, you've got to score the points. Yep, uh, Jackson, Jackson, Jackson. What has happened to Jackson this season? I Where's think he might have re- been replaced by Matt Jackson. That's my only explanation. Or Michael. <laughs> a bit harsh but yes his pace has fallen off a cliff he's only pick, picked up one point this weekend uh, which is not not good enough no it's a D Jackson last year we thought had turned a corner figuratively and indeed literally um, it's just not happened in 2021 has it it's just not come together for him yet hopefully in the second half of the season he could pop that right uh, Osborne Again, anonymous. Wasn't it? Almost wasn't here this weekend. Um, and he was he was outperformed by Rivette in one of the races and wasn't miles ahead of him in either of the other two. No. Which is kind of a sign of why he's only got a D this weekend. Indeed. Butcher, gone for a D. You've got the world at your fingertips and your slip. <laughs> it's a dropped catch. He's picked up eight points this weekend. That's it. For someone who was moving into... A now manufacturer team looking to challenge for a title, it's not good enough. Home circuit. Yep. Yeah, it's not good enough. And it's the instance, isn't it? Yeah. Too avoidable. <sighs> yeah. Uh, Smelt gone for a D. He's not quite got to grips with this car yet at the halfway point, has he? No, we saw some promise from him at Alton Park, but he doesn't seem to have been able to uh, further that. I'm not sure whether he's raced here much before. That's the only conce- concession I can give him. But he's been fast outperformed this weekend by Butel in what is yes. potentially an inferior car. Potentially. Yep. potentially. Yep. Uh, Ingram got to go for a B. Race Qualifying in race one were a little bit poor but the weight recovered, the, the recovered it tires, with, yeah. with a weak win at the weekend. And his, you know, the gap's widened but he's still in contention. Oh yeah, very much in contention. Yeah, he's still in contention. We've got some Tom Ingram circuits coming up as well. So we shall see. But I mean, I'll come to that in a moment, but yeah, I'll come to that in a minute. Uh, Parfit, gone for a D. Yeah, first time knock ill. He didn't do an awful lot wrong, didn't do an awful lot right. Had a spin on his own and and didn't help him out, and then. Which is becoming a little bit of a theme, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, Boutel, B for Boutel. Well done on getting his uh, first points of the season. Yeah. 14th in race two. Um, he picked up a good amount of places in race one um, and then stayed fairly consistent, finishing 16th in race three. There's a driver there for sure. Yep. Uh, Smiley, gone for a B. I think he was on for an A until right, apart from race two. I mean, you know, a very good weekend for the Northern Irishman. I was going to say, probably his best weekend of the season so far. Certainly pace-wise, um, did not expect him to, expect to see him up there in third for quality. No, and he had good pace over the weekend. I think he's a little bit unlucky that the car faded in race one as well, so he couldn't take a podium. Yeah. But, yeah, just a, a bit of a mistake in race two, just stall like that. But, yeah, good pace, yep. raced well. Didn't um, get involved in anything silly, so yeah, good good result. And uh, Nick Hamilton, D, race two, not his fault, but it's this usual story of not being able to make up much ground at the back. No, it, it seems that the only ground that he does make up at the moment is when people unfortunately have issues. Goff, D, easily his worst weekend of the season. Only four points this weekend, and that was fairly lucky, finishing 12th in race two. Just nowhere pace-wise, nowhere... Not battling wise yeah just not on it this weekend uh, Aaron Taylor Smith had gone for a C um, outscored uh, Goff this weekend yep um, had two points finishes to Goff's one um, qualifying was a little poor yep uh, Chilton gone for a C promise promise pro- he gets run wide one run wide in a racing incident in race two that can happen and that tumbles him down the field until that point Racing well, going fast, getting involved with the names you expect him to be involved with. You've got to take it from there. My question is, why didn't he make any progress in race three, though? If he's had that decent amount of pace for the weekend, why hasn't he made more progress? No, wait. It, I, I, there's something up with him this season. I mean, I'm just going to keep shrugging at you. I, <laughs> I, I don't know what more to... This is now for the podcast, not for good for radio. I was going to say, but... the viewers can't hear that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I agree with you. There's something not right, quite right, but it's, you know, it wasn't quite right last year either. No, it wasn't a particularly good weekend for Morgan either. No, who got a D because he didn't really race. I mean, this Chilton was racing. I mean, yeah, Morgan was just Morgan had two thirteenths and a sixteenth and didn't get any higher up the field the whole weekend, which is un, unusual for him. Plato gone for a C. Good points finishes in yeah. race two and three. I mean, race three is a little bit of. You're in a much slower car, you're the wrong tyre, and you've got weight in. Damage limitation it was, once people started going past him. Once people got past him, yeah. And he held on for a fair while with Jelly as yep. well, so, yep. yeah, but I, I'm wondering, is the car done or is he done? Mm, a bit of both, maybe. Mm. Uh, certainly the car, probably more this season. Unfortunately for Lloyd, it's got to be an E. Race 1 can't really help. You're gonna go smashing off at speed. Having having qualified twelfth, yeah, um, he then didn't show any of that pace across the weekend. I don't know whether he lost confidence in the car or whether something changed in the setup when they had to put it back together after something broke in race one. Yeah, uh, Proctor, we're going for an A for Senna Proctor. Good quality, good race one, decent race two, very good race three on the wrong tyre. The fact that he's finished the weekend three points behind Sutton for the weekend total, this is, and six points behind Turkington, two drivers who you would expect to be challenging for the title this season. He's outscored Ingram as well. And it's just like, okay, there's a driver in there. Yeah, he's going great guns in that car at the moment, and he could be the difference between uh, BTC clinching the independent teams or over laser tools because. At the minute, I'm probably back him over Butcher to be scoring points. Yeah, uh, uh, over Moffat. Sorry, over Moffat to be scoring points. Yeah, certainly. Uh, the only other driver we've got to clear, or the two drivers we've got to clear up, um, Mitchell had an average, average weekend. Well, just quickly on Proctor still, he's now ahead of Oliphant, Plato, Goff, Smiley, uh, Jackson, Chilton <laughs> in the driver standings, having missed. Effectively two weekends because I, I, the Snetterton one was a um, finding your feet moment. And he's only three points behind Butcher. And only uh, maths seven behind Morgan. Morgan. And the top ten. Yeah, it's impressive. Very impressive. I mean, Cook's not that far ahead of him either. 123. Mm. I know. It's impressive, isn't it? Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, we've got a couple more drivers to go through. Uh, 
Mitchell we're giving a C to ahead of Glengeddy in the Jack Sears with less races in the bank. Yeah, I mean he he's done what Geddy was unfortunate not to do, which is finish races. I was gonna say um, he's not spectacular but he's staying out of trouble. Yes. Which is what yeah. you gotta do. Yep. Yeah. And finally Paul Rivette gonna go for a C. Decent debut. Kept pace with Osborne pretty much all weekend. Yeah. Um wasn't hanging off the back of the pack which we thought some drivers might be this weekend um, and yeah solid weekend from him right let's quickly do our awards then we'll finish up with our predictions and how they got along so your driver of the day uh, for me it has to be Turkington this is exactly the weekend that he needed um, possibly could have capitalised a little more in race 3 like Sutton did um, but he still came out from the weekend as the top scorer uh, it's Proctor for me. Um, I didn't expect the Hondas to be that strong here. Mm. And, yeah, a really good qualifying again. I'm, I'm so impressed with race three on the wrong tyre. We saw how quickly some of the other cars were falling through the field on the wrong tyre. Yep. The softs behind him. It didn't look trouble for second place. Had the pace. Had yeah, the pace. Very much so. Um, his only disappointment would be race two, and they happened at Orton Park as well to a degree. When you've got the weight on board and you're starting high not capitalising on it and race two is a little bit of an example of that yeah but that will come as you learn how to mm, run the weight with the it. car so yeah uh, your villain of the weekend uh, agreed on this one we're agreed on this one aren't we Butcher for being at your home circuit having the experience of knowing all the little nooks and crannies and where you're going to find the best lines and the best amount of grip um, to turn yourself against or in front of Moffat and ruin your weekend with a couple of other instances and to only score eight points it's not good enough you can't be scoring eight points and, and be a genuine title contender nope uh, surprise good we've agreed again I know but I think there wasn't really anyone the only one that maybe came close for me was Proctor um, but Smiley's pace this weekend kind of came from nowhere yeah I mean you know I banged the drum all season about is Ingram in the car quick enough to win him a title, etc., etc. And for whatever weird, wonderful reason, he's managed to squeeze every inch of pace out of that car. While the other three have struggled to a degree, and this weekend Smiley was, yeah, unbelievably fast. Yeah, yeah, surprise good, absolutely. And then your surprise bad. Uh, mine was Osborne. Uh, this was a real chance this weekend for Osborne to try and capitalise in the Jack Sears. Um, obviously, Bordley was going to show a fair amount of pace knowing how the Infinities go here. Um, but Robottom struggled a little bit for pace and Osborne wasn't really there to take advantage of it. Boutel finished with better points than him this weekend. And which say Rivet out-positioned out him in a race as well. Which yes, exactly. Uh, for me, it's Team Hard. I honestly thought this would be a circuit they went well at just never I don't really think they could look point to contact or problems you know they just never had the pace this weekend surprisingly no, so it was unusual because um, you thought a, a small track like this would suit a car like that but it wasn't to be right moving into the predictions then you've managed to take a point out of me so yes I had a very good start to the weekend in race one didn't I you did so if you had predicted Turkin to, to win a race and he did do so for you. Get in there. We also both predicted Sutton's win a race, so that yep. was a point each. Uh, we then failed with my Hiller Moffat and your Butcher. Yeah, well, Butcher put pay to his own bloody luck there. Uh, in terms of the general predictions, <coughs> I beat you 2 1. Uh, I had three or more safety cars, which happened yep. by race two. Uh, and one of the Scottish lads has scored less than 15 points. Butcher, again, putting pay to my predictions. Uh, you were slightly unlucky not to have uh, I couldn't believe there, there wasn't more chaos at Turn 1. Yeah, so you had more than five drivers use the escape road at Turn 1. We counted three and a half. Yeah. We were going to go back and look at one if it got oh, to the it. The elephant one, here. Yeah. We didn't need to. And you had a real drive podium each race. Jelly just, just did just, that for you. Yeah. You need to take back everything you've ever said about Stephen Jelly. <laughs> now you, you need to write that man an apology because he's done you good. Yeah. Uh, and PMR top 10 each race. Again, you're slightly unlucky. Plato 12th in race one. Uh, neither of us got the Jack Sears. We both went away from Robot on this weekend. And it seemed to reasonable as well. But I went both you went Osborne. But it was indeed... Uh, Robottom, who won overall this weekend. 
Yeah, you were very close though, because Bordley only finished three points behind Robottom this weekend. Um, if it was like one more position, then Bordley may well have snatched it. But yeah, that's the way it goes. And then Harvey Bingo, you beat me two one. So I had Shedden owns the circuit, which came up fairly early on during the day. Uh, I had Lele's Tools livery, looks like the Scotland flag. That was, was a long shot. It was a long shot, uh, and it wouldn't be Scotland about the rain. And it didn't rain. No. <laughs> you had uh, overexcitement about two wheels at the chicane, didn't come off at all. A little bit disappointed about that. Cook's accident, which he mentioned three or four times. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not getting three or four points I for that. I wanted double points for that. No, 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 no. And you, the Butcher Shed and Link, which again, I think was done at the same time, the Shed and Owning the Circuit thing yep. was done, so... Yep. Uh, it meant that I finished the weekend with four, you finished the weekend with five. That's a top score for the season as yeah, well. It is a top score for the season, and it means I am a point ahead at the halfway stage. Ooh, it's tightening up. All to play for, indeed. That pretty much concludes, though I've got one question to ask before we go. Go ahead. It's Ash Sutton's, isn't it? Yeah, it's difficult it, to look. I know it's halfway, but it's Ash Sutton's, isn't it? Difficult to look elsewhere. Um... He's got a fairly commanding lead now in the championship. What's that up to? 14 points from Ingram. I think the real sickener for Ingram and Turkson is that this is the weekend they've both had better weekends in certain in many ways. But um, mm. well, you know, Turkson's outscored him. Yeah. Ingram's fought through well and done, would, would be happy with what he's achieved. Yeah. And he's still finished further behind certainly start the weekend. Yeah, I That's think, the sickener. I think the most disappointed driver this weekend is Robottom having dropped down to 7th in the yeah, championship. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh, with Shedden now going ahead of him. But it is very tight from 4th to 7th with only 8 points covering them. Yeah, but up top, up the summit, I really don't see how Ash gets caught. I, because... As I say, yeah, he's going to need to have a Turkinson weekend like Turkinson did at um, Oh, last year, this year. Um, yeah, at Brands. Brands, yeah. yeah. And indeed at um, Alton. He didn't have a great weekend at Alton either, no. So, But Sutton's had his bad weekend Yeah, Alton. Yeah, exactly. We're going to track. The only track I'm slightly worried for him at is Thruxton because I just don't know who's going to mm-hmm. go well there because it seems to vary. It's a Honda track, generally speaking. Yep. He should go well at Croft. Yeah. He should go well at Silverstone. He should go well at Donington. Well, the pace at Donington last year was frightening. He didn't cover the back of the grid to third in one of those races yep. last year. Yeah. Well, we hope you've enjoyed the weekend um, and enjoyed the review of the races. Uh, in two weeks' time, we have Thruxton coming up. Yay. Uh, <laughs> I know that's your favourite circuit on the calendar. Oh, can't we do knock in again? <laughs> and you love that we have it twice in a season at the moment. Um, but yeah we hope you all stay well till then we'll be back again on that Friday for a preview um, and we we are again watching on the sofa for that one at mine this time though yes yes at yours Um, so should be another good weekend as we said we expect the Hondas to go well but we'll go further in depth on the Friday before Uh, remember to share subscribe Give us a five-star review. That would be nice. Or a four. Four is good. Any feedback is always welcome. Uh, And hopefully after Thruxton, we'll be looking to do a sort of mid-season review where I believe there is a three-week break. Um, So, yeah. All stay safe, and we will speak to you again soon. Bye for now. Remember to subscribe, follow, and also share our podcast for more touring car updates. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook by just searching for BTCP, British Touring Car Podcast. And you can also contact us there or on our email at btccpod at gmail.com. 